Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Catafamo with Believe in Angels on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Well, that was a real dumb show last week, huh? We got a chance to talk about if Kenyon Drake would play would be a great second baseman if Jalen Ramsey could play left field. That is what you call Philip trying to find time and some more stuff to talk about because the, because the Angels were really bad this season. Uh, no, uh, that was actually uh, something a little bit fun that I thought I'd throw out there. Uh, of course, the episode before I got to talk with Jeff Fletcher, so I thought last week let's do something fun, something that kind of ties together the start of football season as well as the uh, you know the, the trade deadline in football as well as you know the angel season kind of coming down to an end for just you know a little bit of a silly you know fun show because I, I feel like I'm a pretty silly fun guy uh hmm, that's on there forever anyway <laughs> so look uh postseason baseball is finally here it is finally here we have waited so long uh especially you know angels fans have, and everybody else who didn't make the playoffs are, are now hoping that the postseason can bring them some excitement as their team season did not and I'm in that category right now uh, looking for an exciting postseason now I do have a hat a dog in the fight the Dodgers are a fellow LA team I am one of those people who enjoy watching the Dodgers play I also like watching the angels I have ties on both sides for both teams um, family members are fans of either of both sides. And uh, I have found myself as well a fan of both sides. So, uh, and and the Dodgers are LA, and you want to see an LA team in the World Series. Maybe not for the third time in a row. Uh, hopefully, they'll get it done this year. But let's be honest, probably not. But anyway, uh, postseason baseball is on our way. We had a uh, a fantastic first playoff game: the Brewers and the Nationals, ending in dramatics. Juan Soto coming up absolutely clutch against Josh Hader to secure the victory to beat the Brewers. And in all honesty, I knew the Nationals were good, but I thought the Brewers coming in as one of the hottest teams in baseball were going to be that wild card team that was going to upset the Dodgers, upset the Braves and or Cardinals and make it to the World Series, a team I thought they were going to make it last season, but they ended up not making it to the World Series. They got knocked out by L.A. Uh, and I thought the Brewers had a great chance this year playing against the Nationals, but the Nationals, another team, you know, they lose Bryce Harper, doesn't matter. They get Patrick Corbin. They put together probably the three best, the one of the best one, two, threes in baseball. Baseball with Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. Uh, it's a great one-two-three. It's going to be the year of one-two-threes in terms of the starting rotation. It's like you got Verlander on the side of Verlander and uh, uh, Cole and Granke uh, with the Astros. Morton, Snell, and Glass now with the Rays. Uh, I guess uh, other ones: uh, Kershaw, Bueller, and um, Kershaw, Bueller, and uh, Ryu for the Dodgers. Uh, I think the Braves had one with Keuchel and whoever else is on the Braves because, in all honesty, I, I uh, don't have it written down right now. But, look, it's it's going to be a great pitcher's duel all through the postseason as well as a hitter's duel. Most home runs in MLB season history this year. Guys are hitting the ball out of the park more. More specifically, Yandy Diaz or Yandy Diaz, however you pronounce it, he crushing the ball last night against the A's. Uh, two home runs by Andy Diaz, who was acquired in a trade with the Indians early on in this season. A genius trade is looking like for the Rays because they were able to make the playoffs this season. Andy Diaz, one of the big reasons, had a huge bat last night. Four total home runs. They also had one from uh, Evasel Garcia. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. And also, uh, uh, oh my God, uh, Tommy Fan. Both those guys went yard last night against the A's in a 
big victory for the Tampa Bay Rays. They've finally making the playoffs. They've they've built this really good young core of players, and they're looking to play spoiler against the uh, Astros now. I kind of wanted the Rays to beat the A's because the A's are an AL West team. Uh, the Rays are not, and I want somebody to knock out the Astros. And I feel like maybe the Rays, possibly, if their pitching continues to play well, pitch well, and they're they're hitting and their bats stay hot, they could spoil the the very very good Houston Astros and somehow find themselves in the ALCS against more than likely the uh, the New York Yankees. But uh, I'm loving baseball right now. I'm loving the fact that we're getting these different kind of matchups. We're seeing a, a little bit of a new flavor. We're adding a little bit of, of spice to the postseason baseball, seeing some of these guys who haven't – some of these teams that haven't made the playoffs in a long time. I honestly can't think off the top of my head the last time they, the Rays were even in the playoffs. Last time they were in the World Series was 2008 when they lost to the Phillies. But, you know, the Nationals losing Bryce Harper. They had a terrible season the year before. They come back revamped. They look really, really good. They look dangerous. Uh, you got the Cardinals who are back in contention now, and then you've got the usual suspects. You've got the Dodgers there. You've got the Braves there. The Brewers are another team. Of course, they got knocked out. And then on the side of the AL, the usual suspects again. You got the A's, the Yankees, and the uh, the Astros. But you get the Twins, another team had a down year last year. They come back revamped. New head coach Rocco Bellinelli, or I'm saying that wrong, Beldelli. He's got a weird last name. He's Italian, much like myself. I uh, love Rocco. I remember playing as him in MVP Baseball 2005. He was on the Rays. Now he's the manager of the Twins, and in his first season, takes the Twins to the playoffs. That is impressive, very, very impressive for a young coach, and uh, that's what you like to see. That's definitely what you like to see. You get some new people in there, some new blood. The Twins are looking like a hot team, one of the best hitting teams in baseball, uh, led the league in several categories, including home runs. So we're going to see the year of the home run continue into the postseason as the Twins take on the Yankees tomorrow. The Rays will also take on the Astros tomorrow. By the time you hear this, it will be Friday. So uh, let me know how that game's going. Um, as, as if you could yell into your headset so that I can hear you. Um, anyway, so look, postseason baseball is starting off with a bang and I'm incredibly excited. I'm also excited for the off season. Um, I know a lot of people have been kind of, uh, one way or the other with Brad Osmus. There's not much of a consensus of like Brad Osmus was a great manager for the angels. It's more of like, you know, he was either okay or you didn't like him. I fall into the category of didn't like him. Um, and let me explain why. I got a chance to see the uh, the Los Angeles Angels take on the Detroit Tigers in L.A. Uh, it was, I believe, the second or third game of that series. And it was my first Angels game in a very, very long time. Uh, and uh, it was a lot of fun to go to, but it was not fun to watch the Angels lose. It was the first game of that series, too. It was a 7-2 to loss by the Los Angeles Angels, and it didn't help when Miguel, Miguel Cabrera hit a first-inning home run. But uh, Jaime Barrera was on the mound, and he only went five innings, and they're he only gave up two runs. At that point, it was two to nothing. You know, Miguel Carrera hit a home run. And I think Nick Castellanos might have driven in a couple guys before he got traded to the Cubs. Um, I think Nick Castellanos was still on the team, but uh, yeah, he was. And um, it, it it was a point there where Barrera honestly still could have continued to pitch. He threw five innings and he got pulled uh, for another pitcher. And I didn't really understand the decision to pull him because the next guy right after him, uh, I think it was Ty Butchery. I'm not really entirely sure exactly who came in after Berea because uh, I would assume it had to have been Butchery because he was the only guy who gave up runs after that. But uh, Berea totally could have went one or two more innings. He was throwing well. He had the first inning home run, then gave up another run, and it was two to nothing. Still a very close game. But uh, for some reason, Brad Osmus decided to pull, or whoever made that decision 
decided to pull Berea uh, and and take him out after five innings. I, I, he was still under the uh, he was still under the pitch count. Again, it was only two to nothing. It wasn't that bad, but uh, he decided for some reason to take him out. And and the the feeling for me this whole season with uh, with Brad Osmus was that he wasn't managing to win. He was managing to manage. He was there just to play the game, uh, just to be there to 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 coach the team. Whatever. It never felt like he was managing to win. There was a time there from July 25th after the trade, after the All Star break, I think. After July 25th through the July 31st, that was the series. The Tiger series that I went to was there, and the Orioles series. They had a four game set against the Orioles and a three game set against the Tigers. Two teams that were under, I don't even think they had made 25 wins yet. That's how bad the Orioles and Tigers were this past season. They needed those wins. They needed those seven games to regain some more traction in the wild card race and potentially put themselves over at the time, I believe, against the Astros, or excuse me, against the Athletics, who were going in a series against the Astros. The Athletics had a tough schedule. The Angels had a really easy one, and they dropped it. They won two out of those seven games. They went two for five against teams they should have beat, and it was very, very tough to watch. It was extremely tough to watch because it was right around the time that I took over and, and started co-hosting with Adam Riggs, and you can listen to that episode. We talked about that series, is the Angels severely needed those wins to get back into playoff, to really get into playoff talks, not even get back to get more and more into the conversation of this team is exceeding expectations. They finished the way they were projected to finish fourth in that division. Uh, the the uh, the Mariners were obviously going to finish last. They're rebuilding. The, the the Rangers are better than the Angels, and the Angels are supposed to finish right there in fourth. But there was a time where the Angels really could have battled for second and knocked out the Athletics, and we could have seen a Rays Angels series in the wild card potentially. But we didn't. We didn't get that because the Angels dropped that series. And since then, they never picked back up. They never regained traction. They had a small little renaissance there, but that was it. They did nothing after that series. Absolutely nothing. And it got frustrating because it just felt like, you know, even the no-hitter after Tyler Skaggs passed away, Taylor Cole was on the mound, he only threw two innings, and he got pulled. Why? It wasn't like Cole had given up a few runs early on or had just been shelled in the first inning. He was throwing a no-hitter for two innings. Why Why would you take out Taylor Cole? Obviously, Felix Pena came in, closed the game out, got the win, secured the no-hitter, and it was it's a great baseball story. This team, you know, they lose Tyler Skaggs and they're able to throw a no hitter in his honor. The first game they're back, they're all wearing forty five. I mean, you couldn't have written a better script in Hollywood for for something like that to happen. It is just amazing. I don't want to take anything away from the no hitter, but it's just like why would you take Taylor Cole out? Because because of why? You got some guy who bats better against righties or lefties coming up next. This is the problem with with statistical managing. Is it's you've seen it with with several managers, and more exclusively Dave Roberts of the Los Angeles Dodgers, a guy who will kind of listen in the ear of, "Hey, Dave, you know uh, Miguel Cabrera doesn't bat well against left-handers. I know that Walker Buehler is currently you know uh, throwing five strong innings, but you know Miggy struggles against lefties. Let's let's pull in, let's pull him out and put in a left-hander." There's no need to. You got to let your young guys pitch out of these jams. You got to let a guy like Taylor Cole throw as much as he can to get that no hitter. You got to let see if he can go five innings, if he can go seven, if he can go the whole thing, and then you have Felix Pena as a backup option and your and your bullpen just to secure the victory. You're already up by several runs. I mean, I just I didn't understand the managerial decision to take out Taylor Cole and put in Felix Pena or and a few of the other situations where that's happened. You know, and I feel like you know. When Brad Osmus was hired, 
I was trying to Google who was available at the time to get a better idea of like, okay, was the managerial pool just a little weaker? Were they always thinking Brad Osmus at this time? You know, what was it? What what were the Angels at this moment in time thinking? And uh, a Google search brought nothing. So I, I don't know why Brad Osmus was hired. And I can only think of maybe two reasons. One is potentially bringing in Eric Chavez after Brad Osmus's tenure, or excuse me, after his three years, not a tenure, after his three years with the Angels just to kind of usher in a new younger manager. I remember hearing somewhere that they were talking about bringing in Eric Chavez as the manager when Mike Soshev retired, but ended up going with Brad Osmus. So I thought, okay, maybe this will give Eric Chavez a chance to still work in the front office or maybe go coach in the minor leagues, which we're kind of seeing with like Rod Barajas of the uh, Padres. I don't know. It didn't happen, obviously. And so you fire Brad Osmus. And and the second reason that I can only think of that they they hired him was uh, there was no plan. They the, the managerial pool ran dry. No one wanted to coach the Angels. They didn't have a plan in place for Brad Osmus. The guy that should have taken over, Dino Ebel, who was the third base coach. I know I'm probably saying his last name wrong. He's currently the third base coach for the Dodgers. He He's the one who probably should have been in talks to replace Mike Sosha. He's shown several times that his decision-making is good as, as a third-base coach. He's one of the best third-base coaches in baseball. Why wasn't Ebel made made the, the new manager of the Angels after the Socia retired? I didn't, I didn't understand that. But instead, they decided to go with Brad Osmus. And Brad Osmus coming into this, you know, had mixed success with the Tigers. I initially thought that it was a lot worse, but it actually wasn't. His first season, they, the Tigers finished in first in the uh, in their division, and they went ninety. They won ninety games. They had a great rotation with uh, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Rick Porcello. They all won over fifteen games. It was a great year in twenty fifteen for the Tigers. Uh, they were swept by the Orioles. Funny enough, in the ALDS twenty fifteen, they dropped off heavily. They dropped off severely. Uh, there's no Max Scherzer. Uh, Rick Porcello had a down year. I think no Porcello won his uh, Cy Young with the um, with the Red Sox. So never mind on that. Uh, they had no Max Scherzer. He was already with the Nationals at that time. JD Martinez hit 30 home runs. They finished 74 and 87 and finished fifth, fifth in the division. Um, which you know I guess you can attribute to just you know a, a guy having a down year or whatever. I guess you can't really you can't fault it. They lose Max Scherzer. That's uh, you know a 20 game winner winner right there. Porcello didn't really turn into that number two starter they wanted. Um, but, I mean, J.D. Martinez still hit 30 home runs, so I guess that's good. Uh, 2016, 86 wins, finished second in the division, nice step up. Michael Fulmer had a great year. He had 11 wins. Scherzer had 16. Uh, Francisco Rodriguez had 44 saves. Not a bad year. They barely missed the playoffs. Uh, and then 2017, they severely dropped off and finished last again. So it's like Brad Osmus had one good year. And you could argue he he inherited a great team initially, and then they lost Max Scherzer, who was their I believe he was their key free agent. He was not traded to Washington, I don't believe. Uh, and then in 2016, they had a nice bounce back year. Uh, they had some great play from guy from a lot of guys up and down the board, and they didn't make the playoffs, but still 74 to 86 wins is a nice trend upward. And then they fell off completely. You know, Verlander was traded to the Astros. JD Martinez moved on to the D-backs. On the positive side, I guess Justin Upton, Nick Castellanos, and Ian Kinsler all hit over 20 home runs. I, I, if you want to take some sort of plot positive from that, but a manager who okay, let's let's look at the the uh, let's look at the Joe Madden situation. Joe Madden right now is a top free agent in terms of the coaching pool. Uh, Joe Madden didn't have you know three straight seasons of the Cubs missing the playoffs. 
They won the world. They made the playoffs in 2015. They won the World Series in 2016. They made the playoffs in 2017. And uh, did they make the playoffs in 18? I think they made the playoffs in 18. Yes, they did. They made the playoffs in 18, but got knocked out. And then in 2019, they missed the playoffs. In that five-year span, they missed the playoffs once. So I can understand people still being like, okay, you know, Joe Madden, he can definitely be a managerial candidate for us. You know, he's got the track record. Went to two World Series. Has been to the playoffs multiple times. This is a guy that we can we can bring on and have some success. Whereas Brad Osmus, it's like you made the playoffs one year, you missed the playoffs the rest of the time, and you only had one other successful-ish season. That's why I didn't understand the signing of Brad Osmus because he didn't have this long, extenuous track record of being a head coach and having success with the Tigers and bringing this team back from you know back into the the, the successful World Series contender they are. He only had one good year. You could argue maybe two. And for some reason, the Angels thought that that was the time to bring in Brad Osmus and give him a three-year contract and let him coach the Angels. And guess what? It didn't work out because, of course, it didn't. Um, Now, I will say, who knows what Brad Osmus would have done with this team next year. I will say there were a lot of injuries on this team. They had to rely a lot on their bullpen. They did not have as much offensive production that they may have wanted, obviously, they had issues at the catcher position. Obviously, their pitching rotation took a lot of hits, and they had to bring up a lot of guys. They had some great play from Dylan Peters. They had some great. Uh, they found their third baseman in Matt Theus, in my opinion. Uh, Griffin Canning pitched well. Taylor Cole pitched well. Taylor Ward has been up and down. He's looking to find himself a spot on this team. I know Shohei Otani has got some injuries. Obviously, this is going to be a completely different team than they were. Uh, there'll be a different team next season as they were than this season, obviously. Shohei Otani will be back. He'll be able to pitch. He'll be able to hit. You get Andrew Heaney back. You Nick Tropiano. You get Griffin Canning off the IR. You get um, you know, the potential addition of Garrett Cole and maybe some of the other free agents they might be looking at. Obviously, they're gonna need to help, they're gonna need some help in the bullpen, but uh, you know, a couple acquisition a couple acquisitions and a couple, maybe a trade or two, could put the Angels back into contention and Brad Osmus might be coaching a better team. I want to give Brad Osmus the credit of the doubt there because there were the benefit of the doubt there because there was a lot of outside factors that did hurt Brad Osmus this particular season, his one and only season with the Angels. And I think Brad Osmus might get another shot to manage. I think if he manages the Royals or maybe even the Padres, he's talking to the Padres right now. He could be potentially a replacement in Pittsburgh. I don't see him going to the Giants or honestly even going to the Phillies potentially. Uh, I don't see him being a big name on the big board of uh, coaching options personally. Um, I, I feel like he's more of a tier C kind of manager, more of like the we missed out on this guy and this guy. Okay, well, we can bring in Osmus for a little bit and you know he, he can maybe do something. But uh, I don't know who's going to coach the Angels this season. Uh, who I want the Angels to coach who I want to coach this team for the Angels is Joe Madden. I think Joe Madden's a perfect fit. He's going to get a new pitching coach, a new hitting coach. Um, I think they kept their first and third base coaches for now, but uh, it'll be a new look managerial team for a, an Angels team that's, like I said, just a few more pieces away from being relatively content, competitive again. Um, and then it'll, of course, rely on a lot of their younger players. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think Joe Madden is, is the obvious choice. He's who the Angels should go after. If not, there's a big, big, big list of Angels, I mean, excuse me, of, of managers that, that the Angels could look at. Um, and who I think they're going to get, I, I think, honestly, they're going to end up with some with somebody's base coach or somebody's bench coach. Uh, you know, they could go in division and look at Don Kelly, who's the first base coach for the Astros. 
you know, they could look for a new first-time head coach like a Raul Abanez or a Moises Alou who has been thrown around a little bit. They could go back with another, uh, maybe somebody who's a little more established, like a Clint Hurdle, who has had success with Pittsburgh. He was fired. They could go with an up-and-comer like Luis Rojas, who was with the Mets. They could go either way if they miss Joe Madden. But, you know, it'll it, it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Angels in a lot of ways, outside of just their managerial. Obviously, when we get closer to the offseason, uh, I think the next few shows are going to be more focused on the postseason, giving more updates about our managerial situation and some of the other coaches that may have been hired or fired. I know Gabe Kapler is in talks with the Phillies right now. I'm not entirely sure if that means he's going to be out in Philadelphia, but that can open up a new uh, a new hole, uh, in a new team, excuse me, that can open up a new team that's looking for a, a new manager. So that'll be interesting. Uh so, you know, for the next couple weeks until we roll into the postseason, into the World Series, uh, I'll be getting a little bit more into the postseason next show and uh, giving more updates on, the, uh, on the, the situation for the Angels. Some of the other teams looking for head coaches, the Padres, the Mets, the Giants, the Royals, the Cubbies, the Pirates, and possibly the Phillies. Of course, more teams might pop up here and there. You never really know. Uh, that means more managerial candidates might pop up as well. Some of the other guys that, I, that sh- you should keep an eye out on uh, for possibly, you know, managing other teams. Joe Girardi wants to come back. Dusty Baker, I'm still throwing in there. Mickey Calloway, who was just fired by the Mets. Carlos Beltran. David Ross, who might be a a prime candidate for the Cubs. Don Kelly, who I mentioned. Andy Green, former Padres manager. He could be somebody, the Royals or the Pirates. They could be looking at him. Uh, Maybe even bringing in Andy Green as a bench coach in Los Angeles with uh, uh, Joe Madden. Probably not going to happen, but maybe. Probably not. Raul Ibanez, Rod Barajas, who I mentioned, uh, and Mark Loretta, who's the bench coach for the Cubs, another guy who has been severely mentioned, uh, and, and I feel like severely is not the correct word, who has been s- mentioned several times as the head coach for the Cubs, the Padres, possibly the Angels. Who knows? There's going to be so much more talk to come when the offseason actually rolls around, and I can't wait to continue to talk to it to you uh, and and just get sort of your your feedback. I'd love to add a Twitter question segment to this show. Before, you know, hopefully I can get a, a, a co-host eventually. But I'd love to add a segment in where I answer some questions you may have at me. So please tweet at me at intern underscore Phil. That's my Twitter account. Tweet at me, ask me questions. I'd, like I said, I'd love to have kind of like a mailbag segment where if you've got some questions that you want my opinion on, or maybe you just have some opinions. Throw them out there. Who do you here? I'll, I'll present the question to you. Who do you want to coach the Angels in 2020? That is my question to you. So if you have your answer, tweet at me. I, I'd love to uh, to take in some of these these questions and and you know act like I have some kind of audience out there who who is listening to me, so I don't feel like I'm screaming into a void. But uh, look, we've got a lot of great postseason coming around. The Braves and the Cardinals are playing as of right now. They'll be done by the time you listen to this show, um, as well as the Dodgers. So we'll have our first games there. The AL will start today for you, today, tomorrow for me. Um, And uh, we've got a lot of great postseason coming up. I'm excited. I love postseason baseball. Baseball in October is the best. Football season's rolling around. Like I mentioned in my last show, my favorite team is undefeated. uh, And that's kind of been narrowed down. So, you know, good luck guessing which which – of the three, my teams are uh, is my favorite team. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's not the Patriots, although I do love Tom Brady. But I'm, we're not going to get into that because uh, we just don't need to. But anyway, uh, thank you for listening. I, I really appreciate anybody who tunes in and, and finds my my sort of uh, loose, um, more relaxed style a, a very uh, 
very keen for them, and they and they enjoy it. Um, I appreciate anybody who listens. And if you did listen and you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find the uh, Believe Podcast Network on their website, uh, Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. And on the social medias, at Believe Podcasts. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. I think we're on Facebook. We've just added a whole bunch of new shows. My alma mater, Grand Canyon University, has got a great show with two guys I used to work with, Jack O'Hara and Kyle Borg. Uh, they're they're great guys. They're currently still they're they're still working for GCU. So those guys have the definite insight for Grand Canyon University. If you're a fan of GCU or you're not even sure what GCU is, go tune in and listen to them. Soccer season and volleyball season is rolling around. We've got a lot of other great shows covering multiple teams, multiple uh, topics as well. We've got video games uh, podcasts. We have one about Overwatch, which is a game. I mean, I've played it a couple times. I know what Overwatch is. I'm hip. Uh, there's movie podcasts. Adam Riggs, my former colleague, was on a show where he talked about Angels in the Outfield, which was awesome. Uh, one of my favorite 90s baseball movies. Not better than uh, The Sandlot or Rookie of the Year, but Angels in the Outfield is up there for me. I know that's that's a little bit uh, risque for, for Angels fans. You know, Angels in the Outfield is about the Angels, but uh, Rookie of the Year and, uh, and The Sandlot have a little bit of a bigger piece of my heart, but I love Angels in the Outfield. And you can listen to Adam Riggs' opinion on it. And uh, I mean, we got a show about the Bachelor. We got a show about cheerleading. We got a show about dating. We got a show about hockey, baseball, football. I'm pretty sure if you can think of something, we probably have a show on it. So tune in, check them all out, listen to the rest of my show. I'll be back next week. We'll be talking more postseason baseball. We'll be getting ready for the off season, giving you updates on the uh, on the the other the the other. Um, managerials and, and all the other stuff that's going on in baseball. I'm, I'm starting to lose my train of thought, which means I need to stop the show. So with that, I want to say thank you very much for listening. Again, tweet at me, at intern underscore Phil. Who do you think should be the manager for the Angels in 2020? And with that, I want to say thank you one more time for listening. And I don't know how to end this thing, so I'm just going to say bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.